one team. Their older, experienced veteran starter bench to the injury, and they bring in their backup number four. Another team. Their older, veteran, experienced quarterback bench due to injury, and they bring in their number four. Who will win? Who will survive? It's Dan Snyder versus Jim Irsay. Coming up this week, we'll discuss it on Command Is that your Jim McMahon or your uh, Vince McMahon voice? Yours. Let's go. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Command This. It's our Thursday night live stream on the 27th of October, 2022. Tonight, we are going to preview the upcoming game versus the Indianapolis Colts. And to do that, we reached out to our new friends from the Bring the Juice podcast. Let's go ahead and welcome our boy Cody to the show. Cody, how you doing, man? Thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Coincidentally, I w- I'm wearing yellow today, Washington yellow. So uh, it wasn't intentional, but uh, yeah, nonetheless, appreciate you guys having me on. It's a pleasure. Yeah, maybe that was uh, you, you secretly root, rooting us on, you know, or is that maybe maybe that's some bad juju coming? <laughs> <laughs> See, I can't say this like to, to people on Twitter because I'll get crucified. But hey, you know, if that means we get our future at quarterback, brace the tank, man. Uh, embrace the he's, tank. He's cheering for us to for the tank. <laughs> it's weird because they're three and three and one. So it's like they, the season could go anywhere at this point. They could go on a run and they could be a playoff team or they could just completely bomb and have a top 10 pick. Like this is just a huge like kind of crossroads for this team and where they're going to go. So I'm good with either as long as they figure out their franchise quarterback next year. Um, and I think in order to do that, you lose more games. Colts aren't going to say that, but that's just my opinion. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And for the audio crowd catching this on the replay on the, the, the podcast platforms, it's your boy, Steve. We had Phil on the intro and with us tonight is Cody Fel- Felger, 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 Let me check Felger. Yep, you had Felger right. from the bring the juice podcast, doing big things over in the Indianapolis Colts podcast community. So uh, at, after this show, the, the link to their channel will be down in our description. So make sure you go check it out. Uh, we'll post their Twitter handle as well. So if you're listening from from our side, uh, go give them a listen. Get some good uh, Colts insight. We call this we call the uh, we call this the enemy intel episodes. We do every Thursday night as we preview the follow the the teams we're playing on Sunday or whenever the the preview game is. So um, without further ado, let's go ahead and kick this thing off. So so Cody, regardless of who we have on our show, whether it's other Washington fans or fans from the uh, opposing team, we always want to find out. You know, how what's your origin story for becoming a fan of the Indianapolis Colts? You know, how how did you come into this life and, and what does it mean to you? So just go ahead and, and give us a little bit of insight of how you became a Colts fan. And actually sure. how yeah. you got into podcasting for the Colts is too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So started as a fan in I believe I was like a fifth grade. Um, not only I really my family watched football or cared enough about football. I had started getting into like actually playing football at that point. 
And, you know, I, I got into actually watching the Colts. Actually, the first game that I remember, ironically enough, was the 2006 Colts-Patriots AFC Championship. I just remember, like, I remember where I was, was sitting in my living room with my family. We were watching it, and, when, and I specifically just remember the Marlon Jackson, you know, interception to seal it, Colts go to the Super Bowl. And then I remember watching the Super Bowl with my grandparents. And so that was kind of how I got into it. And then really from there, off and on, would watch them. Um, would call myself a fan, but then really like when it took it to the next level was for me, 2009, uh, when the Colts went back to the Super Bowl, I was like just all in on that team. Like I knew every player, like I could tell you pretty much any stat, you know, about the Indianapolis Colts from that season. Um, and then, yeah, it just kind of went from there. My passion for the Colts continued and into high school and, you know, into what I wanted to do. And, you know, I, I had a passion for wanting to do something in the sports media world. I thought for a little bit, it was journalism. Um, so I did some writing for a while from, for some different just companies and stuff like that. You know, I worked for my local newspaper for a little bit, covered some high school football games, just try to get my foot feet wet a little bit, you know? And so, uh, did that for a long time and then really didn't get into the podcasting world, um, fold like to, to where it is now. I mean, I started doing stuff on and off like, you know, 2016, 2017, but then really didn't get into it, honestly, until the end of the 2018 season, right? I listened to all the podcasts like I, I, you know, I listened to probably every single bit of Colts content that you could consume. I was a person who consumed it and I just absolutely loved it. And so uh, from there, basically what happened was uh, just after listening to it, I was like, I have my opinions, you know, I know what I think about this team. You know, I have a couple of people that like, you know, I really look up to, I'm going to get, I'm going to try my hand and through a lot of trial and error, error, I will say, uh, I eventually, you know, we eventually kind of got the podcast to where it is and really just kind of took off man. And, and really 2020 actually when, when the lockdown happened and everything, we just were like, let's go, let's just put our heads down and crank out content. And then from there, you know, the rest is history. And we sit here today just very thankful and very humbled uh, to be where we're at. So that's kind yeah. of a short, condensed version of my fandom and how that's led to creating content up to this point. It, it's funny you mentioned that about the the lockdown and COVID um, with the podcast. Like that's kind of how we got our start too. And yeah, and you we we were wanted been wanted to do it for the longest time, and then when COVID hit, it just kind of, it kind of funneled everyone into kind of doing it naturally anyways, because you're cooped up, can't really do anything, do anything. And, uh, you know, you want to talk football with your boys. Uh, it was just kind of natural fit. So very, very similar story. And appreciate you, uh, appreciate you sharing that with us. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and, and kicking it off with, you know, talking about the, the 2022 call. So just give us a rundown, you know, tell us in your honest opinion, uh, who are the 2022 Colts? You know, it's funny. I wish I, I could, if you asked me this a year ago, I'd be able to tell you who this team was. Um, I think I have a little bit of a clearer picture uh, who they are now um, because last week I probably would have been even more confused because their offense, they just came off a game where their offense, you know, scored a ton of points and they had, you know, almost 400 yards passing, but then they kind of obviously came back to reality this year. So what I would say for this Colts is they're, not great. And they're not a great coach team. Um, I really don't think Frank Reich is doing a great job as the head coach. In my personal opinion, this team looks flat. They look unprepared, especially in the offense. The defense has looked good 
in moments. Um, I think they've had some games where they look fantastic. They you know just came off a game in Tennessee where they only allowed 12 points, didn't allow a touchdown in that game. Um, and then they had obviously the Denver game where they didn't allow a touchdown either. So this defense has been really, really good. And honestly, the reason why the Colts have three wins, in my opinion, for the most part, has been because of their defense and because of their special teams. Um, and the reason why they have the three losses hasn't always been on the offense, but the majority of the time it's been the offense with the offensive line, everybody regressing on that offensive line, every single person, even Quentin Nelson can be thrown into that category. He is not looking like he, he used to, when he came into the league. Um, and you know, Matt Ryan, I guess now, you know, it's going to look a little different with Sam Ellinger back there, but Matt Ryan, uh, you know, just looks, I mean, just bad decisions under duress, turnovers, turnovers, turnovers. That's been the story of this team. Just, and they haven't been able to like force turnovers on the defensive side like they did last year. And, you know, I'll, I'll credit the defense. They've been able to do a pretty good job given that Shaquille Leonard really is playing not even in a full game this year. And Quiddy Pay's been out for three weeks now or so. So this defense has faced some adversity, but I think the defense is playing playoff football while the offense is playing tank, tank like football, you know? So that's kind of my opinion of this team right now is if they had a halfway competent offense, I really believe, guys, they'd have four or five wins easily. So at, at this point, um, which way do you think they're going to go? I mean, right now, they're kind of at a tipping point in the season, especially mm -hmm. with the uh, the major news of this past week. Yeah, that was. That was huge news. I never thought that they would do that. I don't think the Colts are going to outright, like, sell everybody in tank. I just want to say that right off the bat. But I do believe there's probably on, let's be honest, less than 20% chance that Sam Ellinger is the franchise guy moving forward. And uh, so I kind of see it going and fans won't like me saying this and the team won't admit that this will happen. It'll just probably just happen. I see this team. It's more likely this team, in my opinion, guys is going to have a top 10 draft pick as opposed to making the playoffs and winning the division. That's just my opinion. I mean, Sam Ellinger could turn out to be the, the greatest thing since sliced bread. I don't know. I don't see it happening because he's a seventh-round pick. I think he's very limited in his arm strength. He looked good in the preseason, but that was against twos and threes, guys. This is like NFL. Like This is his first game as an NFL starter. So, you know, it's going to be a big learning curve, and I don't think it's quite totally fair to Sam, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, that's fair. That's, that's, that's fair. I was going to uh, – sorry, Steve. I had a uh, follow-up to that. So you're talking about how there is a, a disparity between offense and defense. Mm -hmm. um, give me an, an idea. Yeah, we're we're, we're going to be watching this game, and we don't see the Colts very often. So tell me, I mean, if I'm a Commanders fan, which I am, you tell me, who am I supposed to be watching? Give me a player on offense and defense I should be watching for. Like in a good way, like like a guy that that you would say. Who, just, who, who am I looking at to be your difference maker on oh, these? Sure, ball? absolutely. Um, so the offense, the, the weird thing is, guys, outside of the offensive line and the quarterback play, which I think has been okay at times. Um, I feel like the Colts have really good receiving options. Like I do when they choose to use them, which has been the biggest thing. Like. There's just games where the tight ends go off for 150 yards between the three of them. And then there's games where they have three catches for 10 yards. Like you just don't know. And, uh, but I would say if there's anybody on this offense 
that that's shown consistently that they can be a difference maker. I'd say Michael Pittman Jr. this year, um, the number one wide receiver for Indianapolis. Um, in my opinion, and there's some people who say he's not a number one, I think he's continued to prove those people wrong, and he continues to show that he is the number one wide receiver in Indianapolis moving forward. Um, I think he leads a, a talented wide receiver group that came in really unproven this year, but I think they have been honestly the least of concerns with this group because they also have Alec Pierce and they have Paris Campbell, who's actually healthy this year, um, who just had 10 catches for 70 yards a week ago. So they have some guys on this offense and, and obviously they have Taylor, they have Hines in the backfield. So it really will come down to the offensive line play and the quarterback play. And if the Colts could get halfway competent, you know, offensive line and quarterback play, I mean, they can easily like do something offensively. That's just been, it's been so overwhelmingly bad that it's just honestly capped what this offense has done. So right. for offense, I'd say Pittman uh, for defense. I got to go with my guy, Stefan Gilmore. I mean, you can't go against Gilmore. He's won the Colts two games this year. He won the game in Kansas city. Um, he, and he also had the game winning interception against Denver. So Stephon Gilmore, still a lockdown corner. I think still one of the best in the league. Uh, probably still a top 10 corner. Um, so those would be my two guys. You know, two guys that I think have proven it and have been pretty consistent, all things considered, throughout the season. Yeah, that's fair. What about um, – so you guys are 3-3, three and three, right? 3-3? Three and three? Mike, Did I get that? 3-3-1. Three, three right? three 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 Sorry, you had, yeah. you, had the, you had the tie, the weird tie to uh, – <laughs> Open the season up versus versus Houston. Yes. Um, so you beat the you play the Jaguars. Um, lost twenty four nothing. You beat the Chiefs, which is impressive, twenty to seventeen. Lost to the Titans, who we also lost to. Um, lost to them seventeen twenty four. Beat the Broncos twelve to nine in overtime. You beat the Jaguars thirty four to seventeen, and you lost to the Titans again. Uh, 19 to 10. So I put you at three, three and one. And we're sitting at three and four. Um, any of those games, I mean, that's, I mean, there's a couple, of, I guess, blowouts, but any of those games you think that could have went clearly, you were like a play from, from being, you know, five and three or, or four, excuse me, four, four and three now, you know, with, with any of those games, like, you know, this close to be the other way, or it, it was clearly going to be three, three and one, no matter what. Yeah, so I will say this. Uh, week one, Colts should have won that game. They just, they're now the guy who's no longer employed by them, Rodrigo Blankenship, completely shanks a game winning field goal in overtime and they just tie. So they could, they had, they'd have four wins there. And then, guys, I think at least one of those games, if they had a halfway competent offense, um, they would have won one of those Tennessee games because the fact that, you know, Honestly, six straight quarters, guys. So second half of the first game and then the entire four quarters of the second game, uh, the Colts did not allow a touchdown to Tennessee. Uh, and their offense just couldn't pick up the slack. And also Matt Ryan threw a pick six last week as well, um, which obviously spotted them seven points. And you know, that would have been that would have made that game a whole lot closer uh, in the in the grand scheme of things. So all that to say, yeah, the, the Colts are just a couple bad plays away. Uh, from being, you know, a five-win football team. But also on the flip side of things, the Colts also could only have one win at this point, guys, as well, because, you know, the Kansas City one, that was kind of an anomaly sort of game. Uh, if Chris Jones doesn't jump off sides, Colts lose that game um, or commit that penalty or whatever he did. I can't even remember what he did at the moment. And then if Russell Wilson sees his man wide open, I mean, they win that game. So 
I mean, I think it's it's less about the games the Colts should have won. It's less like the Colts took those games and won those games. It's more like those teams, you know, lost their the game for their team. Those players lost the game for their team, I should say. Yeah. That's kind of how I've looked at it this year. Like, in years past, the Colts would go and take wins, right? And, and they just haven't done that this year. They've kind of just, like, almost fell into wins, which is a weird way to put it, I know, hmm. but that's kind of how it's felt this year. It's, it's something is different. Even though the record is one of the better ones that the Colts have had in, re- in the last couple of years, it just it's a different feel in this locker room, guys, this year than it has been in years past. I mean, I've, in the whole Frank Reich era, they never benched their starting quarterback, you know? Even when they were like one in five, you know, they didn't bench their starting quarterback. And it just goes to show like how weird this season is for Indianapolis because even though they have a winning record, technically, it doesn't feel like it. Yeah, I I, I understand what you're saying. It's, it's like after we beat we beat the the Bears <laughs> a couple of weeks ago on Thursday Night Football, we we just felt kind of dirty. Yeah, it was an ugly win. You know, we win, but we were just like, Ugh. you know, two weeks ago, if we'd been having this conversation, we would have told you our season was over <laughs> and it wasn't going to happen, and and you know, it just wasn't going to work out for us. But oh, let's see who joined. Let's bring our boy Devin. Dev. Thanks for thanks for tuning in, man. Glad you got your technical issues solved. Well, I spoke too soon. I guess, I guess he did not. We can hear you perfectly fine. <laughs> we hear you, Dev. Yeah, we hear you. Um, go. There we go. So, so Cody, uh, going back to just recapping some stats here for the for the Annapolis Colts. So, points for your offense, you guys are ranked thirtieth in the league for scoring. Um, your offense is ranked 16th in total yards. I mean, so clearly you guys are struggling on, on, on offense with with Matt Ryan at the helm. And then on defense, which is actually, you know, kind of a bright spot for you guys, uh, mm-hmm. 13th in points allowed and ninth in total yards. So the defense seems to be, you know, no slouch for you guys at all uh, this year. But a question I wanted to ask you was, so this is no secret, Jim Ursay had a clear opinion about how he felt about Carson Wentz after the end of last season. So my question to you is, what did you think of Carson Wentz last year? You know, given everything and all the success of Michael Taylor and all that stuff, the off season, Ursay's comments, Carson coming to Washington and then the, 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 you know, the onboarding and the inception of Matt Ryan to where we are now, just give us a run out and, and tell us what you think about that whole thing and how it went down. Um, yeah, that was a very interesting situation, wasn't it? Um, so this is kind of how I look at it. Like, like it's clear to me, and, and you guys could probably tell at this point in the season, Carson's probably not the franchise guy, right, anymore. Like, I think we can kind of put that to bed. I don't necessarily know if I agree with the way that Ursay handled it and just kind of like the things that came out. I don't know how – I don't really think that was the most professional way to go about it. Um you know, I do understand, though, you know, just the Carson Wentz experience. It's an interesting experience because some weeks he goes and throws for 300 yards and looks like a superstar. And then the other weeks he's just you're just like, Carson, what are you even looking at? You know, so it's a very up and down kind of thing. And so, yeah, I, I it was just a very unique situation, I think, with with uh, Jim or saying Carson Wentz, it just. It never felt like from the start it really was a, a, a match, you know. And then you go out and get Matt Ryan, um, who I think is more like off the field is more what the Colts were hoping for. But on the field just, you know, struggled this year. Um, so I think all that to say, I think there's a, 
I think that was more of a Frank Reich move than a Jim Ursay or a Chris Ballard move to bring Carson in. And then, you know, Jim, I feel like Jim's taken a little bit more control recently, you know, with, uh, you know, with, with some decisions happening, you know, regarding the quarterback position. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't love how it ended. I just, I wish that it could have been handled in a better way. Uh, I am, I will say, I am glad that you guys took him from us because that yes. was a big contract and somehow we got a, you know, at worst third round pick out of it, an extra third, I guess we got a third round pick and another third round pick this year that could turn into a second. And by the way, not, I'll just say not, right it's now, not. it's, it's not, he's, he's out four to six weeks. It's probably not. Yeah. I, I'm going to say it's probably not, but Hey, you know, I have to hold off, uh, hope a little bit that it might, uh, we'll see Carson's a fast healer. So hopefully. Um, but anyway, <laughs> all that to say, uh, of course, Carson Wentz continues to screw us over even a year after it just was a, <laughs> was a rough situation, all things considered, but, uh, no, I wish Carson, none, you know, nothing but the best moving forward and, and everything, but yeah, it just was a, <laughs> so much drama there. It's just like, let's just move on and, uh, kind of let it be in the past. It's crazy. Yeah. Cause he's been like the no drama mama here. Like, yeah. It, that's the unique thing like it's been an up and down thing here although uh if you if you watch the games with us you realize that you know a lot of it was our offensive line was there were some injuries and they were trying to shuffle guys around trying to figure out that right mixture and he went about two games there where there was just nothing on the interior line holding up so it was uh you know and and Carson well, while he can move on like a design rollout, just he's not the most fleet of foot guy. So he was taking hits left and right. He took nine sacks against the Eagles. But, uh, you know, if you count it, seven of them were on the offensive line. Like he had no chance. Yeah. Um. So it's interesting that, you know, that, that you had that, but it, that had that in, uh, experiment. And it's really interesting because before the season, we kind of looked at this game as Car the Carson Wentz revenge game. A Carson Wentz revenge game. He was going to go out there against his replacement, and he was going to beat him. And neither one of these quarterbacks are going to be on the field <laughs> come Sunday. No Matt Ryan, no Carson Wentz. It's a pair of fours. Um, I'm curious. Tell me. I don't know much about uh, Sam Erlinger. Is it Erlinger? Erlinger, right? yeah. Erlinger. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know uh, too much about him. I've heard the name before. Mm -hmm. I remember him in college. I remember him not being that impressed with him in college. Um, mm -hmm. tell me, what do Colts fans see in this guy that you know that that they didn't don't see in Matt Ryan? Uh, well, I, th I think the most obvious thing is he can move. Like he's definitely he's not like a Lamar Jackson, but he he definitely can make plays happen with his legs. We saw saw that in the preseason. Um, and with how bad this offensive line has been, <laughs> he's probably going to have to use those legs a lot more. Um, but you know, can 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 run. You know, when he needs to make a play with his legs, can roll out. You know, make a throw on the run. Doesn't have the strongest arm in the world. Um, but you know, he just offers some, some upside and it, just a change of what your offense will look like a little bit. Cause guys, this Colts offense was miserably boring to watch through seven weeks. I'm just so glad that the Colts are spicing it up because I look at it like this guys, it's going to be fun either way. Either Sam's the guy, which I think, like I said, is not like a great chance that happens. Uh, or, you know, it's at least, it's at least fun to watch, you know, even if they don't win. 
um, and the, the Colts go get a top 10 pick. So, you know, Sam's a guy that he's a smart quarterback. I just think he maybe lacks some of the tools to be, you know, a starting NFL quarterback. I think he makes a great backup. Um, and I think the reason the Colts are starting him is because he's only in year two. So you never know with these young guys. But yeah, I'm not like overly impressed with them either. Um, I just think it's a nice change of pace from what you had. And why not throw them out there? It really can't get worse on offense right now. I have to laugh because you sound like how we describe our backup quarterback is coming in. He's mobile. He's not Lamar Jackson, but he can move. Um, he doesn't have a great arm, but you know, it, it, in our case, it's actually he forces the offense to be a little less exciting in terms of just like downfield pressure because he just does not have Wentz's arm. Uh, you know, excited us. We hadn't had a real downfield presence passing the ball since you know 2018 2019 we've been dink and dunk very very you know short field short yardage passing uh and then Wentz you know goes out there and he's throwing deep balls to Terry McLaurin deep balls to John Dotson deep balls to Deami Brown uh that we just hadn't seen and now we're back to Taylor Heineke who is very limited in his his arm talent and uh, I just think it's interesting because the way you just described Sam is how we describe Taylor for the most part, mm-hmm. except for the fact that Taylor has this, what, what I call the hive key, the, Taylor, the Heineke hive that swear that, that, that will tell you that he is Drew Brees reincarnate, that he is a borderline pro bowler. And I'm mm-hmm. like, guys, calm down. He's <laughs> a really good backup. Hey, he's uh, a mozzie. So, he's a mozzie mamba. Is, is, is there, is there, <laughs> is there, a similar group of people in Indianapolis who are really like behind this kid, Sam, that, that they think that y'all have a diamond in the rough. That's, that's going to be turn into this, you know, you know, borderline uh, elite quarterback. Oh yeah. <laughs> I think you'll have that with any fan base. It's new. So, and people, you know, he, he had a great preseason. I'll say that. So uh, people are hyped. They're just like, not everybody, but a lot of people are like, all right, well, Sam's going to be the future. The Colts have really found a guy here. And I'm like, I just don't know how you could say that. He's a six round pick, you know, and he's not really like physically anything like that. Um, but there's a chance, you know, I don't want to say there's zero chance. He turns out cause he really could. You just don't know with these guys until you see him in action. And you know, if, if he just has a great season and maybe the Colts feel like he can be their guy moving forward. Uh, it's so hard because we've literally never seen him play against like real NFL competition. Um, so this will be literally his first start ever. Um, well, our franchise has a has a his, historical uh, trait of if you bring in a guy like that who ha- is unproven, untested, we will make him look like a pro bowler for a week. So uh, uh, your, fan base, week. your fan base is going to be really excited, I'm sure. You know, there's uh, a, there's an added philosophy that if you have two quarterbacks of the same skill set, you have no quarterbacks at all. Right, and I'm not comparing Sam to Matt Ryan, but in our in our boat, you know, we have Carson and we have Taylor Heineke. The long, Taylor might be doing great right now, but the bottom line is we don't have the long term answer at a, as a franchise quarterback, and that's why we are freaking miserable. Because I don't know if you've seen the jersey that has about you know the 23 different quarterbacks we've had since 2000 and whatever two. You know, you guys have been lucky. You had the stability of Peyton Manning for so long, and then Andrew Luck, who unfortunately retired early. But we just, we over here don't know what it's like to have a franchise quarterback because I would argue that we haven't had one since Joe Theismann 
Mm. If you want to say that in like the 83 through 86, 85 timeframe. Um, 78 to 85. He there you go. He feels our, our resident historian. But Sam Ellinger, he's, he's 6'1", 222. So he's not. Oh, my God. He's, he's even the same size. Gonna, Taylor Heineke is 6'1", 210. So the height is the same-ish, but we know that Sam is is pretty mobile on his feet, right? That's Taylor's kind of the same, but that's what I know from watching Sam is he's pretty mobile, right? Yeah, yeah, he's pretty mobile. Yeah, he can make plays happen with yeah. his legs. How, how's his arm strength? Um, I would say about average, like maybe even slightly below average. Like it's nothing special. He can make the throws, but, you know, it's nothing like, oh my goodness, out of this world. Um, you know, I wouldn't say as a weak arm or anything, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just like, it's a backup quarterback arm in my opinion. That's fair. That's fair. Now, one, one last question on the, on the offense. All right. You, you guys have Jonathan Taylor who led the league in rushing last year and the Colts are now 30th in rushing and you got, uh, uh, Hines in the backfield as well. So even when I know Taylor's had some injuries this season and, uh, but I know Hines is a capable backup. How is the Colts offense only 30th in rushing ball this year? I would, I would think that, you know, it seems like both sides of the ball because the defense is also 23rd against the rush. Uh, what is it about the ground game and against the ground game that seems to be the struggle for the Colts to, to defend both establish and defend against? I mean, I think it comes back to the lines again, guys. Like, the offensive line has been so poor. Um, Jonathan Taylor has been banged up. He came back last week, and he only – and also due to coaching as well, he only had 10 carries, guys, in that game. And he was averaging almost six yards a carry. Like, it just – it's baffling. And, and that's why yeah, Frank Wright – that lucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. But, like, Frank Reich, just for whatever reason, he goes away uh, – he goes away from the things that work with this team. Like – the Colts have talent on offense. That's what's so frustrating about this team is it's not like this offense is like bare, like barren. It has no talent. They have a lot of talent, but you know, the bad has been overwhelmingly bad to the point where it's impacting the good. And that's exactly what's happening with Taylor, you know, and I, he's still, I still think he's a great running back. Um, you know, Hines has been injured as well. He came back last week as well. So the Colts had been, had to be relying on their third string running back. Um, Deion Jackson, who's actually looked pretty good, but it was like the Colts almost had been using the the run the, the short passes as an extension of their running game because the offensive line could not run block and sustain run blocking at all. Um, and in terms of the run defense, um, I think the Colts kind of tried to make a transition a little bit more to getting after the quarterback as opposed to stopping the run. So that's probably part of it. Um, but also, Quiddy Pay has been out, who has been who's one of the better run defenders in the NFL. Um, he's been out for multiple weeks so that definitely, cause this run defense started out like pretty solid. Um, but yeah, that just kind of, kind of has started to fizzle out and, you know, uh, and I think that's kind of part of why, uh, it's just some inconsistency from both, both of the lines, offense and defense. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so let's, let's talk injury report right now. At least I'm going to, I am going to show that what, what at least is, you know, being reported from from our, our reporters here. Um, you, if you can provide any clarification, if it's there, if it's wrong, but this is what, so Nikki Javala, she's a beat reporter here in Washington. Um, this is what she's showing for today. And for the audio crowd, I'll just rip it off for, for Washington. Uh, Sadiq Charles, Jahan Dotson, Cole Holcomb, William Jackson, who was probably trying to be traded, but nobody wants him. And Cole Turner didn't practice uh, on Wednesday. Um, 
yesterday. We don't have the updates from today. Uh, Deami Brown, Logan Thomas, Jonathan Williams are limited, and Sam Cosme and Taylor Heineke are both full. Uh, so that, that's all good signs, at least for us. Um, I, I don't know if we're going to see Jahan Dotson, our rookie um, first-round pick out of Penn State wide receiver. He's nursing a hamstring. And then William Jackson is, is on the brink of being traded. He's played so terrible this year, and I think he, he's, he's nursing a back, air quotes. Uh, so we'll see. But it's having Logan Thomas back will be huge for us because he's always been a safety valve for Taylor Heineke. And then Sam Cosby on the right side at tackle. Um, you know, having him healthy will be will be fantastic. And for the Colts, at least this is what's reported. Uh, Stephon Gilmore got some rest today. Uh, defensive end Yannick uh, Ngakwe also got some rest. Uh, Quiddy Pay, like you said, ankle uh, didn't didn't practice. Matt Ryan with the shoulder. Um, I'm murdering my dog here in a second. Uh, Grant, Grant Stewart, Jojo Demond. Just kidding, uh, Peter. Don't be, don't be getting no red <laughs> flags on our accounts, man. He's just I know. kidding. It always no happens. Michael Vick. No Michael Vick around here. Center Ryan Kelly was limited. Wide receiver Kuku uh, Kiki Kuti uh, was full. Um, Zaire Franklin, Shaquille Leonard, Luke Rhodes full. You have any insights from your any of the, is that injury report inactive or excuse me act, uh, accurate? Is there any updates for for Thursday for today that you might have that we didn't we don't have on this end? Yeah. Uh, so this was this not Thursdays then? No. Are we all? I could only find uh, Wednesdays from our beat reporters. Gotcha. Yeah, I can pull up Thursdays here for a second. I actually yeah. haven't got an opportunity to look at it. Greedy Williams, um, by the way, has been looked at as a trade candidate to us this weekend from uh, Cleveland, uh, the corner. The cornerback. We sure yeah, could use him, uh, man. That's a rumored discussion being held today. Yeah. yeah I mean, we, we can sure use the help. Yeah. Well, uh, just looking at the injury report, really nothing yeah. of note. Quiddy Pay did miss another practice. I don't think he'll probably go this week. Uh, but everybody else, Grover Stewart had a rest day today. But other than that, no, it's pretty much the same as Wednesdays. Okay, good, 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 good to hear. So I guess it, it, it it's semi accurate then. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, well let, let let's go on to this one. Colts win if what do the Colts have to do to win this game? Hmm. Uh, give Sam any sort of time <laughs> at all, um, and I think the Colts win this game. Um, I think their defense has played well enough where you can say, hey, their defense is going to be able to limit Heineke in this offense. Um, you know, and, and they've been playing so well. Like, I, I just I, – I don't know. I, I feel like it's going to be one of those ugly games again, guys. I really do feel like it's going to be one of those games. But if the Colts offense can do anything to protect Sam Ellinger – um, I think that they have a good chance to to do something here, but uh, that'll be kind of the biggest thing. The Colts will win if they're all, they go with how their offensive line goes. If their offensive line continues to struggle, you know, if you guys are just abusing whoever up front, like it's going to be a long day for Ellinger back there. Yeah, that's fair. Um, now I don't know how much you follow this team, it, you know, but on on our front. Defensive front four, you know, we have four first round picks. Chase Young is out, but we have Montez Sweat on the outside, Deron Payne and Jonathan Allen, who, in, in, in all in all respect, they have been wreaking havoc on teams all year long. So when you tell me you guys, your, your offensive line is busted, that tells me that those guys are going to do great. And there's a stat floating out there. 
I want to say we were at the top of the league in quarterback pressures without having to blitz. So that front four is able to get immense amount of pressure and the linebackers or cornerbacks or safeties never have to blitz. It's like the one thing that's working out great for us. So, you know, kind of counteracting your thing about the line, it kind of makes you feel a little bit better that our defensive front might actually, you know, be, be predominant, but I'm not really sure. I'm not going to hold my breath, but that's what I'm looking forward to. Go ahead, Phil. Um, Colts win if the Colts win if Taylor Heineke comes out and plays the way he did in the first 20 minutes of the Green Bay game. Uh, you can't get away with that twice. Period. I mean, he threw four nearly intercepted balls and a pick six and had a fumble that was returned for a touchdown call back because of a, a defensive holding penalty. Uh, and if that did score that touchdown, the game's over. We're, we're not coming back because you can't run the, the balanced offense needed. So the Colts, that's if, how the Colts can win. The Colts can win if Heineke comes out erratic again. He can't do that again. Especially with this, especially with their pass defense, which is seventh in the league in yards allowed. You know, they're going to be stingy. There, you know, so you can't you can't do that. What about you, Dev? You can flip it to Washington wins if too, man. Well, I got Washington wins if too, but I'll let Dev go. All right, we'll we'll flip through Colts win if. Go ahead, Dev. All right, Colts win if um, they create turnovers. I I think that's the that's the key to the game. I think whoever turns the ball over the most loses. That's how I feel, and I'll go ahead and say it while while I'm here. uh, Washington wins if they don't. Give the Colts turnovers. I felt like um, Heineke could have thrown three interceptions easily last game in the first half alone. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Well, you know, he also had that fumble that was returned for a touchdown. I got called back because of a horrible holding call um, on the other end. That would have been another one. So, I just, you know, I guess it, both sides, the same thing. Whoever turns the ball over the least probably uh, wins if. Okay, fair. Our boy Andre uh, chiming in from YouTube said, Colts win if Heineke plays sloppy, and the Colts also win if the defense doesn't keep pressure on the Indy quarterback. That's true. Uh, we we kind of just said it. Um, go ahead, Phil. Washington wins if they do what they did against Green Bay and establish a strong run game. This is the weakness of the Colts' defense is against the run. We put up 166 yards on a similarly ranked Green Bay uh, rush defense. If you can put up, you know, if you can run the ball 35, 38, 40 times and get 140, 160 yards rushing combined out of that, you know, multi-headed beast of a backfield, then you should be able to win because you're controlling time of possession and you're going to force the Colts to lean more on an unproven quarterback. And that's what you got to do. You got you got to put them in a position where the, they have to pass the ball to win right now with Matt Ryan. I mean, you know, yeah, Matt Ryan's definitely on the downside of his career, but he's veteran enough to have, you know, crafty little tricks up his sleeve. The chiefs found that out. Uh, so if you're putting the pressure on them where they, they're just not getting the time with the ball, they're going to have to you know move to a passing offense predominantly. And I think that's going to be the key to Washington winning the game is controlling the clock, establish that run game. Do you think they blitz early and often this game? We don't blitz at all. I think we blitz maybe like three times the last game total. We don't have to. 
Right, but you think we think we do just because it's a rookie uh, quarterback? In theory, everyone knows when you have a rookie behind right. center, you blitz the shit out of them. Like, but that's not you know we we might not have to with the with the front four. But I don't. Know. I think you'll see da- Jamin Davis blitz more. You'll yeah. see more Jamin Davis. You might he might, see, not, he might not play. Hell, you might see more of like another guy they like to bring off the corner here lately is a uh, wild goose. Lord knows he can't cover, so you might as well have him. You know blitzing and uh he seems to be pretty effective at least getting into the backfield off the off the uh the nickel corner blitz so that you may see some of that just some unique looks you know confused a kid he hasn't seen a lot of pro defense he's seen a lot of vanilla preseason defense it's fair um for me i think you know washington wins if you know i think the two major weapons like cody said is is michael taylor and, and Pittman. And I, would, and I would only, I would only, sorry, I would only prefer, um, you know, because I've seen what, and I have my fantasy team. I hate to, you know, I hate to go back to the fantasy thing, but you know, Jonathan Taylor is, is great. We see what he did in 2020, 21, and he hasn't been able to replicate in 2022. My fear is that he somehow has his, you know, coming out game for 2022 against us. And it just scares me to death because I know how good he can be. So I, I think Washington was, if we can somehow neutralize um, Jonathan Taylor, I, 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 that's, that's what I think we have to do to, to win this game. Um, it, it, that's what it's going to come down to the Sam Ellinger thing. It's going to be difficult. Um, we haven't had a whole lot of success against mobile quarterbacks. We, we tend to not have a lot of success against mobile quarterbacks. So I don't know. Could could be the wild card. Maybe, maybe not. I, I, I don't know. Uh, but, Cody, my question for you, for, for, for Ellinger, you know, you, you saw him in the preseason. He hasn't had any chance to play this year, right? He hasn't had any spot plays. It's been Matt Ryan 100% the whole year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so does he have any – does he have any tendencies? Does he have uh, – is he a – you know, I watched him a little bit at, at, at um, Texas. Uh, pretty mid, mid-level – you know, starter you know, quarterback down there in Texas, but um, does, is there something that uh, might fluster him? Is he, is he a one read? I'm going to run type of guy because we know that that's good for rookies. A rookie who's mobile is great because I think it helps with development. So, right. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think just like with any rookie quarterback, like, you know, like they haven't seen these kinds of defenses. Right. And all that Sam has seen, like you guys talked about has really been vanilla defense. Like, so I think if you, you know, you show him one thing and then you disguise it as something else, but that's going to throw him off. Like that's going to, cause he just, he hasn't learned that yet. You know, he just hasn't. And so, um, yeah, I think that would be a good way to, uh, to, to kind of do that. It's hard because like, you know, you, you see, I, I think maybe he, yeah, well, will kind of stare down a receiver a little bit too much as well, you know, as you do, um, and then maybe it could be a little bit too trigger happy in terms of uh, terms of taking off and going. Um, and maybe he could just stay in the pocket and deliver a pass. Um, we'll see, guys. I mean, this is really like his first action, so it's hard to like say what we're gonna see from Sam because I really don't know. Like, I have yeah. never seen him play a meaningful snap in the NFL. Are you Are you guys excited though to see him? I, it's about time Is we Matt see him. Ryan that bad. Are you, are you are you are you more are you more excited to hopefully lose out and get one of these top notch quarterbacks? So I said it at the top of the show. I'm excited for whatever. Like if Sam turns out to be the guy, cool, great. You found your franchise guy. Uh, I think it's like less than twenty percent that happens. 
I think it's more likely the Colts get top 10. And I'm excited about that because this team infuriates me because they just put band-aids on band-aids when it comes to quarterbacks. <laughs> and I'm done with it. Like, build it the right way. Like, stop being afraid to take a chance on a rookie. Maybe that's like, a bad owner trait. Yeah, I just mm. – the GM <laughs> is just scared to do it, man. He's scared to do it. And he would never admit that, obviously, but, like – Scared of Ursae. Yeah, I like I, I'm almost hoping Ursay makes him do it. Like if he keeps him, and I'm honestly not hoping he really keeps him either. I feel like I feel like if Wentz was still in Washington and y'all were to lose Sunday, everyone would be fired. <laughs> I, I, I almost feel like it could happen with Haneke. Yeah. I, I, if it's if it's like something bad, like if it's a bad loss, I feel like Ursay might fire everybody, man. Like that could I think that could happen. Yeah, I don't know. Ursay's never really been a guy that fires midseason or whatever. Like, he usually waits till the end of the season. But, yeah, I mean, Ursay's promised so many things to Colts fans that have not even come remotely true. Like, we can't even win a, a week one game, guys. It's been that bad. Like, this coaching staff, this regime, it's just – it's it's the same old, same old tendencies. And it's kind of just like – I think it's ready to – a lot of fans and probably a lot of players are kind of just ready for something new you know, ready for a change at guard a little bit because yeah, I mean, you've tried to basically like just patchwork it since Andrew Luck's bent like retired and it just hasn't worked. Like you can't just keep going and getting these 37, 38 year old quarterbacks right? and hoping it works for a couple of years. Like you need to find your guy and you need to build it around him. Like that's how every team that is a contender does it. And we Not don't Washington. Like, we haven't. <laughs> We yeah. feel your pain. And we yeah. had Colt McCoy, Alex well, Smith, Case Keenum. I mean, we drafted Dwayne Haskins. It turned out did not to work out. And yeah. we, we went out and got, you know, now Carson Wentz. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And I mean, you guys have been blessed with Peyton Manning and Andrew Luck, at least for Andrew Luck for that short time frame. But um, we it's 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 our hell down here in Washington. It really, it is not fun. When talking about the quarterback, and we have—I don't know how much you follow college football, but we have Sam Howell, you know, coming out of UNC, who we drafted. I want to say in the fourth or fifth. Don't don't quote me. Fifth round. Fifth round, and showed flashes of greatness in the in the preseason. And so when when the call was made that we heard that Carson broke his um, his uh, ring finger on his his throwing hand, the fan base was calling for Sam Howell. It's Sam Howell time. We got to look to the future because we know what Taylor Heineke is. We've seen this. We've seen this movie before, and so we got to see what we have in our supposedly future. Because Sam Howell had a first round grade on him in 2021, and in 2022 he lost his offensive line. Sorry, 2019 and 2021 he lost his entire offensive line. He just didn't play well his senior year. Seven offensive starters. Yeah, offensive starters. And so from us, a lot of people are looking long term, like you said, Cody, is we're trying to see what we have in the future because next year if we are in a bad place, there's a lot of good quarterbacks coming out, but you still need to be in that top, I don't know, six, seven tops to be competitive to get one of those guys. This team always messes around and Taylor Heineke will win enough games to put us back to like 16th to 20th. Right right now, if we drafted would be 15th. What good would that do? Yeah. And you're not getting a top tier quarterback at 15. That's just, that's just how it goes. Yeah, exactly. No, I I felt a glimpse of that. Like recently, it's just like, like how can Ursay sit back and let this happen? Cause he's seen, he's seen two of them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you would think that he would, and I get it, he's trying to be hands-off, but, like, like there's good prospects this year. 
Like this is a great year to go get your quarterback. Man, like, he's gonna fire the shit out of Frank Wright. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it has to be done, man. And the yeah. and the sad thing is, like, I don't feel like this team is as bad as like they're playing right now at all. I think it's majorly into coaching. GM deserves some blame for sure, um, but mainly, I just think it's just coaching and the players are just not being held accountable because like the Colts have preached accountability, but their talk has been really cheap, guys, because they have not done anything with that. And yeah. especially offensively. And they keep rolling out guys that shouldn't be playing, shouldn't be starting. And uh, I'm just kind of like, at this point, play the young guys, play the rookies, kind of like you said. Like we have a yeah. starting left tackle, or he should be the starter. I don't know if he will be. Bernard Ryman, um, a third round pick. I-, I think he's played fine, but they've been starting Dennis Kelly over there, who really struggled last week. And I'm just like, just let him learn and grow, man. Like, just let him learn and grow. Why not at this point? And uh, we'll see if they do that. I don't know. Um, but, yeah, I've always have one eye towards the future, especially if you've done what you've done at the quarterback position. Like, let's not try to pretend we're competing anymore because we're not. Like, well, let me ask you this, Cody, because Phil and I, I think we have, at least when we were in, in, in dark times two weeks ago, we have philosophical differences because I'm with you. I think there's a graceful way of tanking and Phil is like, no, you play your best people all 17 games, no matter what. So at least until you're mathematically eliminated. There you go. Hmm. I, I firmly believe that if you signal early, Hey, we're punting on the season. It's not good for the players who are going to be there. You're not playing meaningful games, meaningful snaps. They're not. You don't have that extra fire of we're playing for something, and that's going to lead to sloppy, uh, sloppy habits on the field. It leads to injury because you're just not as aware. You're not as keen. Your senses aren't as sharp. Um, so I, yeah, Steve and I have had some, and I, and, and honestly, I've, I, I just, I never liked the word tank. I think, it, and people say. Well, you know, it's not really tank. You're just seeing what you've got. No, you're tanking, and everybody knows it. <laughs> well, well, we're, well, tied, we're tied for seven. Is, is the Matt What's Ryan right shoulder? Is it an injury or it's an excuse to play yes. Sam and to look to the future? Because with I, Carson, you could legitimately. I could, I could answer that question for his him. hand on a helmet. Like he, he yeah. is legitimately injured. I could answer that question for him. He's got a he's got a uh, bonus kicker if he pays eighty percent of the plays for the Colts. That was on ESPN. And you add this in. Nick Foles is on the team. Think about this. They That's just right. bypass Nick Foles to go to Ellinger. Super Bowl MVP. Let you know. I mean, it's actually – I'm not even I'm not even clowning the coach for this. It's genius, and it's what we should be doing, bro. I mean, I keep it real. That That's smart. It's like, hey, man, we know what Ryan is. Why are we going to waste our time to be in purgatory – just seven and ten or eight and nine or some shit. Why don't we just play this guy? Maybe he's good. If not, we know he's not, and we could draft somebody next year. What's gonna happen to us is we're going to next year not knowing what Hal is, man. Unless exactly unless Duke gets hurt. So next year yeah. the excuse is gonna be, well, let's see what Hal is before we draft another quarterback. That's what it's gonna be, man. We're gonna end up yeah. in the same situation next year. So in that case, you might as well keep wins. Year four of a coach, and you have no idea what you're doing at quarterback. Cody, is Nick Foles dressing up as a number two, or, or Matt Ryan's going to yeah. be the backup? Yeah, so yeah, Matt Ryan's not even going to be a backup right now. At least right now, we'll see. Frank Crack is very non committal right now. 
Um, and he said it was a very serious, I think it was a grade two shoulder separation or something like that. So it's pretty significant. Like there actually is an injury there. And so I think he's probably going to miss the rest of the season if I'm guessing, yeah. um, because I, I think that's probably a four to six, if not more week. Yes, it's you know. one of the things like Wentz, like Wentz comes back. If Wentz comes back and we're winning, they're not going to put him in. If Wentz comes back and we're losing, why would you put him in? Is that so? So you might as well just say he's not going to play the rest of the year. It's the same thing with Ryan. By the time he will come back, it's like, well, the season will be decided one way or the other. And if you're in a situation where you're making the playoffs, that probably means this Edinger kid is playing good enough to take that job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's like either you're going to be a playoff team. I kind of look at it like this, like with Sam, like either he's going to be good and you're like, we don't care if we're in the top 10, you know, because we found our guy or he's going to be really bad. And like you said, man, like win-win. Yeah, you're going to get your guy, hopefully. Yeah. We need, we need new GMs, dude. On that's that's here, what I feel about it. On the screen it. here, Cody, is, is Matt Ryan's contract. Uh, mm-hmm. You can see next mm-hmm. year you can cut him. But if you cut him pre-June 1st next year, it's going to be an $18 million cap hit. So to me, if you if you trade him after June 1st, it's $6 million. You release him after June 1st, it's $18 million. You trade him after June 1st, it's a $6 million cap hit. That seems like your best scenario is to trade him in the off season, which I guarantee someone will trade for him at, at that rate though, at a, at a, at a $29 million cap. I'm not sure. So my question to you is, do you think the Colts will just completely cut him and suck up that $18 million cap hit next off season, or will they keep him and use him as a insurance policy for either Sam or for, like you said, if you're in a top five and you can land a quarterback, yeah, you know, that's tough, guys, because maybe maybe they find a happy medium where they keep him for another year um, and they just they just like ask him to take a, a pretty decent sized pay cut. Like I could see him I think, being like, I think he has an injury settlement or injury clause in his contract. They were talking about it on ESPN today. They have something in his contract where if he doesn't play so many downs because of injury, that either his contract is voidable or he doesn't get something. Cody, yeah. I'm going to say this now. If Matt Ryan ends up in Washington next year, we're going to come back on and we're going to duke this out because that'll be two years in a row. Hey, it there you better go. not happen. It better not happen. It's I was going to say, I never in my right mind after, you know, what happened at the end of the year, thought the culture would be able to get a team that would give them actual draft capital and take on Carson's whole contract. But that's just kind of like there's, there's certain teams out there like Washington, unfortunately for you guys, that are quarterback desperate and they're willing to pay a lot more than anybody would think um, yeah. for a quarterback. And maybe Matt Ryan's a little bit different cause he's older. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, but I think also guys, the Colts were totally willing to cut, just cut Carson. Like yeah. they were willing to do that. So I think they, they would not be opposed to cutting Matt if they need to. I think, you know, they'll look for a trade partner. I think they'll probably find one, but if yeah. not, I think they would be okay with taking that hit. I do. They probably would be able to find someone who's drafting in that top five, or, or maybe someone who gets a rookie quarterback who they don't know how they're gonna how they're gonna work out, and use Matt as an insurance policy for that for that team right. as well. But Phil, were you gonna say something? Well, I was just gonna say that you know the big difference between two is that Carson Wentz was thirty, you know he's still prime years, whereas Matt Ryan's pushing forty, right? So there's yeah. a little bit of a, a of a difference there. Um, I don't know. I mean, if I'm the Colts, I mean, you might want to just cut them and eat that eat that dead cat for a year. But that's just 
If they How trade Matt, if they trade Matt, I think it's only six million. I don't think they're gonna. Tra- no one's gonna want to trade for Matt. Man, you never know. What if, like, <laughs> what if, what if, what if, like Tom Brady gets knocked out for the year, or 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 somebody like a uh, Garoppolo gets knocked out for the year the next week or two? Yeah, never know. one one piece away. Man, you never know, yes. man. True. Yeah. Uh, moving real quick, let's go down for the predictions for the last thing. So, Cody, before we before we um, talk about predictions here. I just want to tell you the lie. The, the opening Vegas line was Indianapolis minus three at home. I've seen yeah. it down to minus two and a half at Indy for Indy. So I guess you could say it's either a pick them or Washington for a half point favorite, depending on how you look at it or which, which sports book you're looking at it. And they got the over under 39 and a half. I've seen 39 and a half and I've seen 40. So, that's a relatively low scoring matchup in the NFL. And then when you're looking at the, at the, at the, at the pick them, it's also pretty, pretty close too. So that being said, what do you think this game is going to be like? Let's give us a scoring prediction and, and let's just go from there. Yeah. I actually think it's going to be under 39 guys. I think it's going to be that miserable of a game. Um, I, I had my score prediction for this game was going to be 17 to 14. And I had Washington winning this game. Um, just because Sam Ellinger's essentially a rookie. Um, and you know, you got at least Heineke, like you talked about, he's good enough for you guys to squeak this game out, I think. Um, so for those reasons, and, and just I just don't think this offense is gonna get things going with just how bad this offensive line is. I mean, Sam's gonna be under pressure about every play, I think. Um, so I think it's just gonna be a defensive battle, but I think at the end of the day, I'm gonna pick Washington to pull this game out, just barely. Okay, fair. You got 17-14 Washington. Yep. Uh, Phil, I'll go to you. Oh, I'm in agreement. This is going to be an ugly game because, let's face it, that's how all Taylor Heineke games are. Uh, just it's, it, But I, it really, really is. If you look at the scores and everything, I mean, very few of them are you know, clean, high-scoring or clean, medium-scoring games. Um, I think we're going to continue to run the ball like we did last week, and that's going to be the difference. Uh, I'm going to say 17-13 Washington. 17-13, okay. Kev, what do you got? Can y'all hear me okay? Because I think I'm broke. Yep. No, we got you. All right, cool. You're good. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go blowout, man. I think we show ass and then we lose out the rest of the year. Throw <laughs> <laughs> uh, score out there. Uh, I, I think that the hatred – that Snyder is probably instilling into Washington players against Jim Irsay right now is going to be the driving force. I also think that they want Frank Rake up out of there. And uh, I, I think it'll be 2017 good guys. 2710 Washington. You know, hey, I was on- if y'all noticed that shotgun score against us last week. So I might yeah. give myself the, uh, the Glock Dookie award. <laughs> the, um, <laughs> I, I was on Deuce's episode, uh, channel earlier, Red Zone in the Lab podcast, another Washington Command podcast. I, I, I made a comment that Dan Snyder and Jim Irsay should throw hands on the 50-yard line at halftime for the halftime show because I don't know if you are you know this, Cody, but he made – you know we're going through a lot of turmoil with our owner and mm-hmm. with all the off-field stuff, sexual harassment, bad environment, all the old stuff. And Jim Irsay came out last week at the owner's meeting, made comments that you know, he believes there's merit to remove him. We got to look at everything. First owner to ever come out. So his comments 
the car, his comments on Carson. It's like, it's just building up between mm-hmm. Jim Ursay and, and Washington. So just made the funny comment that maybe they should throw down, uh, you know, the two owners and hey, that's a whole nother it. separate topic. <laughs> It'd be the most entertaining thing on Sunday. I can guarantee oh, you that. Oh man. I sure hope not. Uh, <laughs> our friend Joe Harris from Facebook says 21, 14 commanders. Yep. I'm going to go with 20 to 19 Washington. I think they'll, It'll be just right around the over-under, but I think they'll come in under. And like you guys, I also think it'll be a very close game. Despite having a rookie quarterback start, he is mobile. It's always kind of been our Achilles heel is, is trying to figure out how do we how do we check a mobile quarterback. And, and like I said before, mobility in a quarterback helps a young quarterback develop. I'm not saying Sammy Ellinger is going to be the guy for you, but it creates opportunities. It extends plays, and that's kind of where we are at our offense with, with Sam uh, Sam Ellinger. So I don't know. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Are you guys going to be live streaming for the game on Sunday, Cody? Yep, I believe so. I believe Derek oh, will be I'm live going doing talk, all that. I'm going to talk mad cr- crap on there. I'm going to y'all know. <laughs> <laughs> Please do. Yeah, it, 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 it drives traffic to the channel. That, that's what hey, we're looking for. what we want, man. Right. That's right. <laughs> Uh, hey Cody, we want to thank you for joining us, man. It's been a great time. Uh, really appreciate the response to this and, and reach in. You're fading out, Steve. I am. I I'm no, no, there you are. Okay, sorry, I was leaning backwards at the microphone. But I want to thank Cody again for coming on here. Um, and like I said before, uh, for those who watch it and, and those who catch it on the uh, the replay, go go subscribe to uh, the Bring the Juice podcast. You'll see the the link down in the description of this on on the uh, the podcast platforms: uh, Apple, Google, you know, Odyssey. Uh, Spotify and where else, wherever else you get your, your podcast platforms and on YouTube, we'll, we'll link the channel um, to their, their YouTube channel and to the Twitter handle. So interact with them, ask questions, join our live stream. They're going to be live streaming on Sunday. Uh, make, make sure you, you do that. So, but, but Cody, let's, let's give you a chance, man. Um, any, any shout outs, any plugs, how else can everyone else find you and in, uh, in, 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 in your, uh, your guy, Derek? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, you can find us on socials. Um, you can find us, you know, really anywhere you listen to podcasts. He talked about YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anywhere. Um, on the socials, you can find me at CPFelger55. You can find my co-host, Derek, at Derek underscore larger. And then you can find the podcast at BTJPod on Twitter and also on Instagram as well. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, we got to get on the IG thing. And we just started a TikTok. We're, we're, we're slowly getting out to the, the non-YouTube uh, and non-podcast um, platforms. We're trying to branch out there. And we got to get on the IG thing next. That might be I don't have IG personally. Yeah, he feels more of the IG guy, man. I'm on there, but it's hard to manage. Hard to yes. manage I'm on Pornhub. Y'all want to catch me there? <laughs> <laughs> you got to do it. You got to do it. Uh, shout outs. Phil Dev, you got any shout outs before we close out? Uh. <laughs> um I, I shout out to uh Jim Ursay um for making this week mean a little more than it than it did uh, a couple weeks ago. Um that's really about it. Yeah, Dev, what you got? Mr. Late Late Bloomer over here. Man, shout out to uh deleting your cookies. Seems to be the cure all for Chrome. There you go. That's what it'll do. Clear, clears out the uh, the cavity and lets you lets you join the new right. man. I, I might have missed it, Cody. Where are you from, bro? Are you from Indianapolis? Uh, don't live in India. Live a couple hours out of it, outside of it. So you live in still in Indiana, though. I do. Yep. Okay, we're close. I'm in Kentucky, so right over the line. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I go over and gamble sometimes. 
<laughs> there you go. There you go. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we really appreciate it. Uh, shout out to Cody and, and the Bring the Juice podcast for joining joining on with us. And uh, we'll see how this game goes. Hopefully, it's a good game. You know, at the end of the day, we all want to see some good football. You guys are probably in a rebuild. We apparently are trying to win in the NFC East, which apparently is the best division in football. Surprisingly, wild card, baby. Wild card. We're in position to get the seventh wild card um, spot as it goes right now, but there's still a lot of football left. We're only in week uh, week eight, so we're almost. Wouldn't that mean like four teams out of NFC East would have to go to the playoffs for us to get a wild card? Yes, correct. And that can happen. It's possible. It is possible. Definitely possible. So, (laughs) all right, signing off here. And as always, appreciate you joining and peace. And so. 